Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you these wisdom teachings. Hello, everyone. Today we have a special episode. Today we have Jen and myself bringing to you some some wisdom pearls that we have collected in the last few weeks. Well, I, I would say in our life, uh, but has been um, really put into test in the last couple of weeks as we're going through so much change in the world and everything, the frequency of Mother Earth is changing and, and we've going through so much shift we have felt it ourselves and so we decided that we wanted to bring to you an episode about what we've been learning and we um, have titled this listening to the wisdom of your emotional body Mm. so before we get into that Jen do you want to say something yes I, I would also add to this introduction that Powell and I, we recognize that we're, we are interviewing and speaking with and dialoguing with peace teachers. And we're both lifelong students of self. Would you agree to that, Paola? Could I say I, it that way? I 100% agree, yeah. Diligent students of self. Devoted, absolutely, <laughs> yes. yes. And um, that's one of the many things we have in common. And so these conversations that are going to be between Paula and I, this is not the first and not the last that we do here on the Peace Teachings podcast, they are ways for us to get a little bit more familiar with you all and for you to get more familiar with us as uh, we continue to study self and life and peace and uh, grow in our wisdoms, as Paula said. We have an intention to pop on just the two of us every once in a while and share what we are currently experiencing at any given moment. So yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah. It's thank you. It's going to be for... an intimate conversation, just the two of us or the three of us with our <laughs> listener. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So today we've uh, titled this Listening to the Wisdom of Your Emotional Body because. Uh, I can speak personally. I was telling Jen before that growing up, the programming of society and you know the the program of being alive in this um, third dimensional experience um, included in my experience, and maybe you who you're listening, it included that your, your childhood experience included that too, which was to override your intuition, whether you wanted or not do it, it didn't matter. You had to do what, you know, the authority figure wanted you to do. And so, because I wanted to be a good girl, I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to belong. I got it very, very clear that whatever I felt, it didn't matter. You had to follow the rules. So um, being in a a curious soul, um, I said yes to all those rules. But then soon after, I felt a little bit of freedom. I think maybe it was like after I turned 17, 18 years old, I said, 
there must be another way. Are there other rules that I, that resonate a little bit better with me? And I'm using the word rules, but maybe guidelines, uh, ideas, perspectives. And so I started uh, learning about personal development, spiritual uh spiritual development and, and and it's been such a wonderful what 20 years of my life of reading and meditating and doing all the good stuff but when you pair you know overriding your intuition learning how to follow the rules and learning other sets of perspectives Sometimes it can get a little murky there. It can get a little confusing, not for the spirit, not for the soul, but for the ego. I would teach a class for many, many years, and I would start a class saying, if there's one thing you take from this class, take the word or the quality of discernment. Because in this lifetime, we need a lot of discernment. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm telling you about discernment is because learning first to override my own intuition, then learning all of these beautiful perspectives of personal and spiritual development and not using my discernment has been, um, has been confusing at times and cult continue to cultivate my discernment has been my, um, my savior in a way, really listening to my spirit. So I'm telling you all of this um, to kind of set the tone to where we're going with this conversation. How do I discern, you know, knowing as, as we've spoken before, knowing that we're all one, that we're not separate from source, the source and ourselves are one and we're one with our brothers and sisters on this world. That love is all there is and we feel that that's the truth, that love is all there is. Uh, and then in this human experience, having experiences in relationships, where you find out that some behavior is just not in alignment with yourself um, from other person or, mm -hmm. or there are certain things of institutions doing that you go, hmm, I, I believed in, you know, this institution all my life. And, you know, they seem to be doing good, but this does not resonate and I don't know how to put a finger on it. Now, when discernment is not there, the ego will come and say, well, you're not, you're not being a good girl. You're not get, being a good woman. You need to understand that we're all one. And then you can go in this, you know, um, conundrum, is that how you say it? Yes, conundrum. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, ask you, Jen, with everything that I've said, what's, what's coming up for you? How do you discern or have you felt this way, the way that I'm um, explaining in this moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you speak for most humans or those or all of us having a human experience, because I know we're so much more than just that. Um, but it is, I believe, a part of the development of the human infant to people, please. <laughs> it's a it's a survival uh, instinct. It's part of the wisdom that is born with the biologically with the human animal, which is to be able to observe facial expressions and sounds and then discern behaviors mm -hmm. that will get the child um, fed, cuddled, cooed, 
cooed at and go and giggled at and, and tickled or, or, you know, what, what does the child do not knowing the separation from itself and the mother in order to get its needs met, believing that it is affecting that reality, seeing that, oh, when I do this, caregiver smiles, caregiver likes this. When I do this, they treat me this way. I get more affection when this happens. And so immediately we are as a form of, of biological survival in a state of absorbing and, and pleasing. If I could, if I could just present it from that perspective for the sake of our conversation, validating that I believe most humans experience that. Now, if through that development of mimicking and, and learning behaviors and learning vocabulary and learning how to communicate, and that's going on while the brain is developing, we then happen to grow up in a household where our emotions aren't validated. And that's something where I can, I can kind of chime in for me personally, that there were instances while my young brain was being developed, many where my parents couldn't handle my experience. And so it was ignored or denied. Mm -hmm. And so there was a learning of, not only was was the word no is the the word no said more to toddlers than any other word. <laughs> right. You know, we ask, ask ourselves why do two year olds always say no? And mine, well, part of that is the id and the the id and the ego developing, and also part of that is they've heard the word no. We have heard the word no so many times that we begin to think my we deduct my intuition is incorrect. Mm -hmm. I was going to go touch that hot stove, not knowing it was a hot stove, and everybody screamed no. Oh dear, my intuition isn't correct. I was going to run after the ball into the street on full on traffic, uh, you know, trusting my beautiful child instincts, not knowing that I can get run over by a car, not having the information that the adults have and, and hearing so many no's. Now the adults, to be fair, are simply trying to keep us alive, you know, and, and so there's no blame here. There's just natural, the biological experience that we all have. Now, from my personal experience, having my emotions not recognized was a double whammy of, Jennifer, don't go with what you know. Don't trust yourself. Mm -hmm. um, adapt and, and believe someone else's version. Take on someone else's version was right. communicated to me. So... We all look for that emotional support from our loved ones socially, at school, uh, we, we, you know, in our neighbors, in our village, in the villages we grow up in. And, and like you said, even in the institutions we participate in that we may believe and, mm -hmm. and love and follow and, 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 um, and enjoy. I love your suggestion around discernment. There is great wisdom there. And I and I love the idea of discerning between, I have a lot of clients ask me, Jen, how do I know when it's the ego talking? And how mm -hmm. do I know when it's my soul's voice? There's mm -hmm. discernment. That's mm -hmm. what Paula is talking about here. I want to just kind of fuel that flame. Yeah. And when we, when we say, well, how do I know it's my intuition and not my gut reactivity? Mm -hmm. Again, discernment. And so... Returning the conversation back to you, my sister, let's discuss how do we know when this instrument, this holy sacred vessel is in truth and, and therefore is able to discern for itself, not based on survival, not based on pleasing the caregiver, but on being in integrity with the being that we are right here and right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What say thee? Well, what I've been learning, and this has been uh, a very challenging um, 
experience for me is to validate the emotions that arise that are not classified as positive. You know, because my, my, the, the greatest thing that happened to me when I was 17, 18, whenever I found that this whole world of personal spiritual development happened, it existed, uh, was that, okay, I can fix myself. And then once I, you know, and I have already a personality that tends to be very positive. You know, I like to see the bright things of things, the, the, the cup uh, half full instead of half empty. Like that's just in my, in my bones, you know? Uh, but then, you know, you discover this whole world and you say, yes, I can fix myself. I'm going to be perfect. Because once I'm perfect, then I'm not going to suffer, right? And then in that perfection, there is uh, exaltation of, of the emotions of joy and, and beauty and creativity, which is so fun, which is who we are. And I just want to make sure it's not that I don't believe that. I believe that I can feel it when, I, when I'm in that vibration. And what happens when you're not? That's when <laughs> self-abandonment just got even stronger. The self-judgment of it is. oh, you need to not feel angry. And that's the big one for me, anger. I learned at a very young age, few little girls don't get angry. That's this expression here in Costa Rica. Few little girls don't get angry. And so rejecting that feeling tone, that, that, that emotion, that emotion of anger uh, for all my life and then Having it come up as an adult, you know, going through all of the um, teachings and learnings and, you know, teaching even about this before, but then really feeling that like it's almost like a volcano that comes from the depths of my being and, and you know, the ego just going in survival mode and then the spiritual self being like, okay, hold on, everyone. <laughs> Let's just take a deep breath. <laughs> and you don't know what's what, right? So... I decided to stop running away from it. I decided a while ago, which, and, and you know, when it comes up, I am going to be very honest with our audience, still like, Ooh, that anger is coming up. I don't know what to do with it. Okay, let me remember. Let me hug you. Let me embrace you. Let me see you, anger. Let me see you because I know I haven't been willing to feel you in the past. So uh, it's been a wonderful, challenging experience to learn how to embrace what you, one could say it's an ego emotion to a survival emotion. And this is not to react. This is not to, you know, explode into the world and being like, I'm the victim and you guys are... This is about right, you're not approaching it from a victim mentality. That no, this is about really owning it. Let me integrate mm -hmm. you. I've been reading a book called The Presence Process by Michael Brown, I think. And he says we must stop saying the word healing because healing implies that we keep just going and there's always something to heal. Right. He says, forget about that word and change it for the word integration. All of your emotions, there's wisdom in all of your emotions. They want to be integrated because we've disowned them. And this is why we live in, in a world now where all of us are constantly seeking for something outside of ourselves, you know, for, for, for the money, for the, for the fame, for the, 
you know, the weight loss, whatever it is, you know, and the that's material, why yeah. the materials and even, you know, um, once I have my partner, once I have, you know, we've heard this before, like this constant seeking of I'm empty, I'm empty. And then the, the, the heartbreaking part is that once you get it, if you get it, and then you realize that wasn't it. I mean, it's great that you got it, but then that, um, that contentment kind of fades away once you get used to it. And he says, it's because we're all running away from ourselves. What we're really looking for is being with ourselves fully. You want to say something? Yes. I want to say that is the, that's the awakening for the child who, who actually learned to run away from itself, who learned not to trust its own intuition and then coming back around and going, wait a minute, this is a dupe. This is a joke. This is, and, and, and I believe this is where the ego gets angry with God and says, you know, where was God when, and you know, how, how dare Mm -hmm. this happen to me that I believe in order to be loved, in order to be part of society, that I had to betray myself. And now here I awaken at some point in my life because I cannot take the the, the pain anymore. My health has been compromised because of the anger yes. and me oppressing it or, yeah. or the inevitably all anger is fear, the <laughs> untamed emotion of fear. So underneath the anger, there's there's even more intelligence that wants to come out. And, and Often it can be experienced as a, a feeling tricked, feeling duped, feeling lied to, yeah. feeling uh, that you knew this before you went through adolescence, but then somehow it was squeezed out of you and mm-hmm. then you adapted to life on earth. Mm-hmm. And, and now it turns out what you knew intuitively uh, before you, you learned how to, like you said, sister, self-abandonment occurs. We yeah. learn to abandon ourselves even now in anger. If one experiences anger and is not accustomed to holding that space, mm-hmm. one runs away from it, abandons oneself. Yeah. That is something we learn yeah. here on earth. Yeah. And there's a righteous indignation. There's a righteous, yeah. pardon my French, what the fuck that occurs in all of us yeah. when we realize, hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. And yes, a great homecoming gets to occur there. And yes, a, a, a great integration and embodiment is is the invitation. Yes, yes. And that's the invitation we want to pass on to all of our listeners. Yeah, I, I not long ago, someone said, Paula, what do I do with this anger? How do I, and you know, the, the expression I'm doing is kind of like tame it down. And I said, if you do that, you're going to get sick. <laughs> don't do that but also i'm not talking about reacting and then you know letting everyone know that you're angry and then there should you know there should be uh justice i'm not talking about we are not talking about that we're not talking about reactivity we're That's talking right. about knowing thyself through this emotion so that you can discern what really is going on in your emotional body and integrate, as Paula said, you're integrating. So this is a personal experience. Let's say rage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like having a home chemistry set all of a sudden unfolding before your very eyes because there's a lot of chemical stuff that comes with anger. Yeah. So the whole nervous system starts to respond in a certain way. And here's the soul, the whole being, watching this chemical, first of all, chemical and also energetic and mm-hmm. also physical, biological, physiological. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things that are happening. But I am not my mm-hmm. experience. And yeah. I'm not the chemicals. And I'm not the hormones. And I'm not the yeah. physical body. And I'm not the thoughts. And I'm not the trauma. I'm watching all of this yeah. go down. Yeah. Um, 
like I'm watching an orchestra play itself. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still the conductor and I'm not yeah. making a move yeah. like an excellent uh, self-lover and, and, and conductor. I think that's a great example, a metaphor to use right now. I'm just tap, tap, tapping <laughs> to get all those parts that are each tuning their own instrument and no one's playing together. I'm looking for embodiment. I'm looking for integration as, mm -hmm. as Paul is talking about, we're talking about experiencing something in order for it to move. Yes. 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 And at the end of the day, it's all energy, right? Yeah. And so we, we're, we're dancing with this energy when, you know, we're in anger or indignation or frustration, the energy is vibrating at a certain level when we integrate and we say, let me look at you, let me see you, let me love you, let me have compassion for you. It doesn't matter what the teachings say, what you would think I was telling Jen a couple of weeks ago. You know, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't think the Dalai Lama would do that. So I should be like him. <laughs> I don't even know the guy. <laughs> but, you know, you have all these ideas like you, you need to be more holy. But then in the moment to really be like, it's OK, it's OK if. if you know, there's a part of me that judges me for not being holy enough. Let me feel it all. Let me feel the judging parts of myself. Let me feel the anger. Let me know that there's a knower that knows that is observing all that in that, in that realm, there's no problems at all. There's only experience. Let me be with all the colors of the experience without disowning one. And, um, the, Beautifully said. yeah, the transmutation that happens when we do that. It's pretty uh, wonderful, and 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 the the outcome. Uh, once you go through that, you know, call it a mini dark night of soul or whatever, or you know, once you go through that process, um, the transmutation, the way that you come out of it, when you see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, oh wow, the the the, uh, the unfoldment that just happened is always. You can see the grace in it. Um, not when you're in it. Well, you're in it. You can see, <laughs> but uh, um, well, you could. You could see it too. But what I'm trying to say here is, it's so wonderful to go through that process and learn the wisdom that there is a beautiful message in everything we feel, and this is how we get to know ourselves. Perfectly described. Perfectly said. I recently had an experience that um, brought up a, anger and a series of emotions. Mm -hmm. And I didn't move. I didn't make any subtle movements or reactions. I didn't even share what I was experiencing with anyone because I really wanted to be in integrity with the experience and not get into a story. Mm -hmm. And within a very short period of linear time within 24 hours a memory occurred to me hmm. and there i had the current event which was challenging me uh and 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 bringing up a story or a vibration that was not happening right now so i got to look at that story and it was a moment in my youth when I had abandoned myself, I had severely judged myself and 
this current experience was very similar to that experience that I had, I believe I was seven. Wow. Okay, so decades ago. I'd completely forgotten about it by then. Mm-hmm. So by sitting in stillness with myself in non-reactivity and in that beautiful listening, I was shining the loving light, the unconditional light of my awareness on a part of me that was having a traumatic experience. And it was vibrating like rage and great fear. Mm -hmm. So I listened to it like it was playing me a song, Paula. Mm -hmm. I listened to the body. I listened to the sounds that wanted to come up and the words that wanted to come up. I didn't identify or engage with them. I just became a space yeah. where it, it 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 kind of like a spring, a natural hot spring, right? It just kind of bubbled up out of the earth. Yeah. I didn't move and it showed itself to me. And I once that memory came back, I thought there's the gold. That's mm-hmm. the gold. Yes, that's probably one of the first times that this experience happened in my incarnation as Jennifer. Mm -hmm. And I did not love myself Mm -hmm. through it at the age of seven. Yeah. You survived it. I survived it. Mm -hmm. So now, what a beautiful invitation and opportunity to be in the current situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, I got to sit with the seven-year-old who wanted to cry and tell me about how unfair it was. And I let that part of me tell me that in non-judgment. Yes. The seven-year-old experienced it, how she experienced it. I am not that experience. Mm -hmm. And there was something there begging for my unconditional acceptance and love. Mm -hmm. My willingness to apply that inevitably brought me back to the present moment without any scars and allowed me to be my most loving self to myself through an experience Mm -hmm. that had a neurological pathway of trauma associated with it. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm creating a new neurological pathway where Jennifer is present in unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Every experience, and this is just me reiterating what you said so eloquently a few moments ago, every experience that we have right now in any now Mm-hmm. is an opportunity, an invitation to love, to mm-hmm. integrate loving, to, to weave loving in, to embody loving. If something feels familiar, if it triggers a memory, if it feels like that one time when, that is a clue that it is this time, this time, you get to love yourself through it because you're aware, you're aware. Mm-hmm. It's not happening to you. Now, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. what about um so you you do this transmutation i can feel it and i really appreciate how you're reiterating about the fact that we are not the experience we're not that memory we're not the chemical experience that we're having we are the observer and then that from that how did you call it the the, the one that orchestrates it all the ones that uh you, you yeah like a, a- um conductor of the orchestra the conductor yeah. of the orchestra yeah so the you are that and then you do the work that this is what by the way this is the inner work that everybody talks about this is exactly yeah. doing the work <laughs> they were called to do to 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 expand our awareness and our consciousness to be an awakened beings so you do that 
How do you translate that? Because I can hear, well, I hear myself and I hear uh, the audience say, well, okay, you do that work. You come to your, you know, your piece, your conclusion, your center. And then once you're encounter with that relationship or that situation, how do you proceed after that? What did you do in that experience, Jen, uh, once you were with the people or with the circumstance in front of you, once you've done that work, what happened in a way? Two things happened. One was that I changed. I had already changed before yeah. interacting with that person again. Yes. Right? They're my work environment. So I, I was able to see them in another occasion soon after and um, have no charge. Yeah. I understood that I was making this current event mean something based on, on a past event. Yeah. I was making it mean something threatening. I was, or making it mean something that could provoke me to be frightened or angry. Yes. Now, so I was completely different, which means energetically, vibrationally, I was different. Right. And I allowed, there was a forgiveness, first a self-forgiveness, because when I was seven, I judged myself harshly. So right. I got to apply some self-forgiveness to seven-year-old me who was very rigid with myself on, on that occasion. Um, and, uh, and walk into the experience in a tone of forgiveness and therefore not be uh, reactive in any way at all. Mm. Which was an elevated experience and was lovely and peaceful for me. Now, it was not the same for that individual, which leads me to the second thing that occurred, discernment. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I believe that when sacred text refers to the dominion we've been given, one of the things I believe is, is that implies choice. Mm -hmm. And I have preferences. I do. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are foods that I love and, and, and others that I prefer not to eat. Uh, you know, I've been a, a, a pescatarian for the last th more than 30 years of my life. So I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't question it. I, I, it's a non-issue. I'm okay with that. I'm cool with um, the glasses I'm wearing on my face. I had to pick from thousands of, <laughs> you know, yeah. frames and discern and, and move forward with life. So this, um, this type of energetic being, will no longer return to my electromagnetic field because in my ability to forgive myself, all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. It has nothing to do with that particular embodiment of judgment that came into my realm, into my circus tent, only for the purpose to me, for me to love myself. Yeah. That's the only reason they showed up. They've shown yeah. up in, on, on more than one occasion in my lifetime when I was seven and other times recently. Yeah, and they're, they're, it's an, a, a walking love invitation. This time, I I read the invitation uh -huh. correctly. Finally, and yeah. so we'll never see one another again. This this type of density, mm -hmm. this personality, is mm -hmm. no longer welcome in my uh, electromagnetic field because I'm not attracted. I'm not in a state of judgment towards myself around, and, and uh, around that type of personality. Right. It's my judgment that would invite that type of conflict. Uh, I'm using air quotes for conflict or that rub or that uh, discomfort. Again, that's me manifesting something so that I can love myself. Oh, okay, I, love I did it. That point of view. That's so yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> there is that other part of you that's, well, and I've heard it. I've heard it from very many people. Oh, well, you know, uh, I figure it out. I don't have the emotional charge. And because we're all one, it's okay for that individual to stay in my life. And I like the, 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 the saying that goes, you can love people from afar. Yeah. You can be unified in the field of, of consciousness. We're all one. But yeah, it, love, love, in the, love. In the yeah, yeah. human experience, and you 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 talk about the, the personalities, not who people are really, truly, but the personality. I choose not to engage with this type of personalities because it's not in alignment with what I want to create in my life. So this part is crucial because in the name of we're all one, people would stay in abusive relationships. And that's not okay. Because that is a, another form of self-abandonment. So what I want to rescue here, what you said, I mean, everything you said is so beautiful, is I, this individual was a an healing or integrating angel for me in the way that I get to love my, I have another opportunity to really, truly learn this lesson. And so once that gift is given, you know, you bless them in their journey, but you don't have to keep engaging in that. And that that that's the, the discernment part that I believe I have uh, cultivated a little bit more lately. Because in the past, I would be like, well, you know, I forgive you. It's okay for you to keep doing what is not okay with me. And 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 then, you know, you keep being in this roller coaster of, of drama, unnecessary drama, because you've confused the teachings. <laughs> because yeah. you're confused about what it really means to love thyself right it's that um uh, you just said it it's that continuation of self-abandonment then yes isn't it yes like come on jennifer take it yes this this thing is out of integrity with you but take it take that it. is self-victimization yes and i'm not available Arting. being a martyr yeah, i'm not that nope yeah it's such a big, beautiful species. There's yes. so many of us. Yes. Yes. So what would you say to our listeners um, if they're going through an experience where it's like, well, I'm confused because I have compassion for people. I, you know, I want to be the best version of myself. I do feel this anger. I do feel this stuff, but I don't think it's okay to communicate it. What would you say, Jen? Let's, let's each of us take one or two practices or one or two awareness. And I know that we already said it in the whole conversation, but if we could bring it down to one to two things that you would suggest for someone that uh, has been a, um, you know, a serial people pleaser, <laughs> uh, highly empathetic, compassionate being that tends to put her or himself last. What would you say to people that are listening to us and, and feeling that, oh man, I'm that, I'm that, what can I do? One of my favorite go-to practices, it's immediate, uh, is to say the mantra to myself, come here. Hmm. When I'm in the midst of feeling something strongly, and there's a story and there's a chemical reaction in my nervous system and, and the hard drive is bringing up past stories and future projections and 
uh, now it's all about them. And suddenly this is becoming an external event and all of these things are happening in my ego. My, my ego is just running away from me. Yes. So there's that self-abandonment. Yeah. I say, come here. And those words mean something to me mm -hmm. personally. They're very intimate. Mm -hmm. This is a mantra of, of self-devotion, mm -hmm. of self-love for me. And it allows the inner child to hear the greater I am consciousness is present and well aware and on the scene. Yes. That I am here. Yes. And that part of me that is having the experience hears spirit. Yeah. The the child, the human being hears spirit say, child, come here. Mm -hmm. And everything that, that Jennifer is mm -hmm. can hear that and and will stop. That ego will stop. It may still be bubbling over and wanting some love and wanting to tell the story and wanting attention, but it won't run away from me. The self-abandonment stops. Yes. And so in the term, in the mantra, come here, what it is, is the I am consciousness, the whole being, knowing I'm not my thoughts or my traumas or my experience or the hormones or the beliefs or the opinions or any of it or the body or any of that stuff, that there is a greater I am that is now on the scene, darling, beloved. Mm-hmm. Come here. And that immediately creates a, a shift. Beautiful. How about you? I love it. You you remind me. I would say it's okay. I'm here with you. I am here with you. It's similar. Um what I would love to share with you is the power of taking time to listen to yourself, to listen to the argument to, without reactivity, but really, truly being curious. Hmm, interesting. I'm feeling this way. This, and it feels in this part of my body. I'm breathing through it. And, you know, and allow, allow yourself to listen to this emotional body because it has memories. It has messages. And as you, Jen, you came back to that seven-year-old, like that, that was brought out by spirit to you. And then you, you really get to see where it all comes from. And I think that experience in and of itself is so integrating is so beautiful is so powerful so it, it 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 opens the space for transmutation so number one having that curiosity and and really truly giving ourselves the time to be with ourselves to 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 take a moment to really listen without judgment it doesn't matter what you've learned in the books or what you've heard in the instagram reel the end of the day you got the answer for you right. so even though those beautiful videos of those beautiful books have great insights for all of us listen to you listen to the wisdom of your being uh listen to the ego listen to all of it and and breathe through it um breathing truly helps me but um yeah um the breath allows me to be in it with all of it as we spoke it before in many of our episodes, the power of the, of the breath by, that suits your 
emotional body. Beautiful, beautiful. I want to add to discernment that there is a time and a place for this listening. Mm -hmm. And often it is not while the thing is happening. Right. That the great I am consciousness that can say, come here, I'm with you. I'm present. Can also say, hush, not right now, later right. tonight. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that, put it in brackets and be like, well, right now I got I to gotta go to that meeting. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because when those stronger, untamed emotions comes up, it feels like a train is about to be derailed. And so that presence of self saying, I will listen when we're at home tonight, or I will, you know, I'll make a time and a space yes. to listen to this. That's a relationship also that we have with our intuition and with that part that, that yes. was so often abandoned to say, I hear you. Mm -hmm. So I'm here come here with me. I'm here with you. I hear you and I will listen. Yes. And having the discernment to create, to know when the moment is and to, to allow the enough self care to create that space, maybe later that day or as soon as humanly possible <laughs> for yeah. those tears and those stories and that listening to, to yeah. have a space to come up and the breathing. Yeah to yeah. be present. Like I said, I needed a day for the wisdom to come through. It had to be sifted through whatever it was that I was experiencing. It didn't, the insight didn't come immediately. It was buried. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it, it yeah, that's great. It was a, a, a day. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Some people might need a week. Yes. And could we ask for that? I hear our listeners saying, oh, fancy that you could take the time, Jennifer, to have a 24-hour period, but what if you, what if this person lives in your home? What if this person is, you know, uh, your neighbor or a daily individual in your work world? What do you do then? And, uh, and I have to say, we have a right, believe it or not, because again, in that developmental years when the brain is being developed, we are so habituated to doubt and to neglect our needs and to abandon ourselves, or to not trust our intuition to say, I need a moment. I would like to take a pause from this conversation. And mm -hmm. can we normalize that? Right. Instead of, you know, being okay with martyrdom and like, oh, let me just betray myself because that's what I, it has always been asked of me. Mm -hmm. Hang on a second. Could we could we instead normalize? I need to sit with this for a couple of days. I'll get back to you, right? Yeah. And or I'm not going to answer that email immediately. Yeah. And or that text or that, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Speaking into those kind of self care habits as well. Yeah. The other day I heard allow the sacred pause. Right. The other day I heard this. Um, distinction between self-care and caring for the self because mm. sometimes we confuse self-care with the meditation and the i mean no let me re-say that self-care is meditation yoga journaling you know um, the massage all of that is the self-care but then caring for the self is also saying what can I do? What can I implement in this moment for myself so that I can feel safe? 
that I can be safe. So we're talking about self-care and caring for the self. So you, you're going through the experience, you're at work, you cannot, you know, just take the day off. You say to yourself, what can, what can I do right now to, to feel safer, to, take, to care for myself in this moment? Maybe you take a break, go to the bathroom, take a couple of deep breaths, soak in the sun, whatever it is, just, just what can I do so that my nervous system can slowly go back to that safety? And then I promise you, standing grass, there's grounding, there's breathing, there's all kinds of, of instant self care and caring for self. Yeah. Or like you said, boundaries. Hey, I'm not going to answer this email right now. Hey, I I need to think about it. I cannot give you an answer at this conversation. Let's move it to tomorrow because I need to be breathe through it to really communicate. This is what I need in this moment to, to feel for me to feel all right in this moment and then we'll get to it so which which we didn't touch and today maybe we can do another um episode about the the big b (laughs) which is boundaries boundaries or agreements with the self which this conversation goes hand to hand but uh, i feel like today we've this conversation has been so rich jen what do you think I agree with you. I agree with you. And I would love for us to have another conversation around, as you said, boundaries and also moving from any sense of self-victimization into a more a sense of self-empowerment. Yes. Because if we get to the point of caring for the self that we're, we actually allow a pause and to say, I need it. I'm going to take a moment before I respond to this email, take a day before I respond to this conversation. What the what the ego would love in that moment would be to create blame. Right. And so I believe another uh, pathway from this conversation that we can integrate into another dialogue between you and I and our listeners is self-empowerment when we then allow mm-hmm. the pause. Yes. So uh, we've got plenty to discuss. I think yeah. that we've gone very deep yes. and very wide and yeah. I'm, Delighted to talk with you always, Paula. And yes, I trust that you. our listeners have enjoyed this dialogue as well. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Please yeah. give us your comments. Um, tell us um, your questions. We'd love to answer them. Yeah. And we will uh, be with you in the next episode. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, everyone. Speak to you soon. Peace to all. This has been a peace teaching. Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation. We love you. We appreciate you. And we bless your life. Peace be with you.